You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. All right, welcome to our favorite time of the week, the 30 minutes that I get to spend with the two best dads and golfers and just talk golf. So this is the Birdie Dads Golf Podcast. Brian, Trevor, kids out there, what's going on? Not much. Excited to hear this episode. I actually not really sure about slope and rating. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what your research came up with, Jared. Yeah. And I would have to say that, um, you know, I was a math minor and uh, Trevor was almost a math minor. So hopefully we'll be able to get through this, um, you know, with you, Jared, to uh, figure all this out. Prepare to be confused. I have a few points of inspiration to talk about slope and, and rating today. What first thing that happened, this is a true story, I was out to dinner, like first time since COVID pandemic that we actually went to a restaurant. And the menu, I get down, I sit down, and you guys, I don't know if you've seen this, and as a dad, I've, I had a moment of confusion and had to play it off my dad skills. The, there was no menu. It was, oh. <laughs> it was the QR code. And uh, (laughs) I can't figure that thing out. I looked around and wondered how many dads like me are just confused and who's not going to eat tonight and just going to be, you know what? I'm not into this place. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Did the waitress or waiter actually ask you if you're familiar with the QR code system before you sat down or did they just let you figure it out for yourself? Zero. They let me figure it out and I totally (laughs) just wung it. I just, you know, I winged it. I was like, let's just roll with it. Let's see what happens. I did have a moment of like, I checked my daughter's coloring page that they gave her though, to see if maybe there was something on there I could order. (laughs) Chicken strips and fries. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I ate that night at a Mexican restaurant. My dad would not have eaten it that night. If I would have left it up to my dad, you know, this is a dad's podcast. He would not have eaten off the QR code. He would have no clue. He would have tried to, I think he drew on it like a maze and he was trying to (laughs) figure it out. A little word search and a maze. Call it good. Yeah. Well, you know, before we get into this, I, I want to know, I watched Rory this weekend, guys, 19 months, and he finally got the win again. Felt good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys watch that uh, drop he had to take on 18? Did you guys see that? Yeah. He had a choice to make on that drop. Like, it was yeah. in the red, in between the reds, and he could have hit it out, but the way it was, um, set, you know, kind of sat down on the rough... It made it hard to get it back in the fairway. So he, he took the drop. That was an interesting choice. Yeah. So he took the drop. But, you know, as we covered before in previous episodes, when you have the red stake, right, you can come out equidistant on the opposite side of that as long as it's no closer to the hole. And I was wondering at the time why he didn't do that, go to the other side towards the fairway. And ah, they actually covered that later, like within five minutes. And they said that it was a hard rule on the scorecard that um, – for that 18, that that particular um, red stake, they had to take it uh, on the side that it entered from. So his okay. ball came in from the left, bounced towards the water or towards the red stake. So he had to go left, not right. And I was like, why didn't he just go right after what we had covered? And then they mm-hmm. actually clarified that. So it was, was kind of interesting. I saw that and I did see Bryson just airmail the bunker shot and hit the cart path and that went OB. And then he had to take a drop back into the bunker and that was an interesting point. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Your boy, your boy DeChambeau. My boy, yes. So it, it brought up, I was watching, and it was on, you know, when Phil was making his run early, and there was the comment made during the broadcast, and they said, 
you know, golf is just better when Phil is in contention. And I wonder from you guys, if you, you think that's still true and wondering who do you think is better when that person's in contention? Like who is that player that you, you will watch when they're in it? Default is Tiger Woods. Yes. Before, before I mean, the injury, it was always Tiger Woods. And beyond it could that, be maybe one day again. Yeah, beyond that, I don't know. Like That's a very good question. I mean, for me, it's got older guys, right? So if there's anybody that's tickling the top, you know, the 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 top like uh, ten on the scoring for Sunday, if it's like I don't know uh, Bernard Langer or something, I'm like I'm interested. I want to see if this guy can pull it off. But it, it hasn't happened in a while. But that's that's for me. I, I don't know. I don't know if I if Phil Mickelson or not. He's kind of. I think he's kind of past his prime at this point too. So maybe. Well, he, he did start the Champions Tour, and every time you get on the Champions Tour, you start getting used to three day weeks, not four day <laughs> tournaments. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was the stamina that he's he's running into now, being fifty plus. Right. Yeah. He's he calls it. He's losing that focus, which we've talked about a lot, and I'm sure we'll talk about over and over again. I I mean, I was interested to see Rory in contention. I really like that. It, it had been a while. I'm always. I've always rooted for Rory, uh, and, and of course, I like seeing Bryson challenge, you know, at the top, which happens on and off again. I gotta say, Keith Mitchell, I like seeing him on the telecast, not because of his golf game or anything, because of his caddy. Have you guys seen his caddy? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I enjoy <laughs> yeah, him as well. That, that, yeah, yeah. That, that is that is. Um, I mean, that is the best caddy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Go Google it right now. Yeah, I, I I appreciated Keith Mitchell's game just because he, when he addresses that ball, he's got that little waggle and he kind of resets and kind of like changes. I mean, you guys yeah. have seen you guys have seen me play. That's how I play. I've got the little <laughs> waggle. I, like I'm so unsure before I'm going to hit it. Like I don't know where I'm at. And, and the more Mitchell nervous a little he gets, bit of that. yeah, it's <laughs> like it goes longer and longer yeah. and longer. Like that's me. I, I love that guy just for that reason. Yeah, I've Happy watched... Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, Jared. That's what the yeah. caddy looks like. Is the caddy yes, from Happy Gilmore? That's who it is. Go Google it. Yeah, uh, I know. And I've watched more waggles recently than ever before. I'm like really interested in guys' waggles. I want to know who's doing what. Um, I just, I, I really intrigues me as the more I'm getting into this focus of the game and how are these guys grounding themselves before their swing or psyching themselves out of it. I love it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, this I'm getting week, worse as it goes on for sure. <laughs> getting worse. You get, the older I get, the more waggles I get. Yeah, yeah too, exactly. too much thinking. Yep. So we played golf this week and let's talk scores. And this is what brought me to this episode. Brian, you posted, you followed up your 79 and you posted an 85. And then mm -hmm. I, was, I was pretty happy to shoot an 83, but I know what you guys were thinking. And this is just in our fun birdie dads tournament. I know what you're thinking is, <laughs> I know Trevor had an eye roll and he's like, <laughs> come on, man, 80, 83, I felt the eye roll. I felt that. <laughs> I don't know how nice. you felt the eye roll. I, I shot an 83 as well. Gross. And uh, yeah, it is, and then that's what you brought up, Jared. It was like, how did, how does that different? I mean, between your, your 83 and my 83, how do we know what's different? You know, how do we compare it all? Right. So that's where we got to this episode. That's Break where we're at us. now. Slope and course rating. So done a little research. And, and I think that we had a conversation off the mic about this with you guys, you know, the three of us are talking, yeah, what course are you playing? Because Brian's up there, and I, and I, of course, looked at your guys' courses. We're playing three different courses. We've got three different handicaps. And uh, Brian, I think you still actually won this week based on handicap, even though you, you posted two score, you know, two, two, um, two scores higher than me. You scored an 85 and I had an 83. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's because of the handicap, I think Jared, uh, more than else, which is coming down after the last two scores that I had. So, um, it may not, I may not get that bump <laughs> the next time we play. Um, but I think that was more handicap related, but it's also, yeah, slope and rating, uh, come into it when we look at your net score versus your gross score. Um, because it, it tells you how hard the course is basically and, and levels it out for the different handicaps. And so, before we get into this, I'd just like to point out that Jen is nice now because it's updating daily. It used to be, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember this, like two years ago. And Jared Jared just now is new to the game of actually posting scores. <laughs> so he may not know this, but um, it used to be every two weeks. It used to be on the 1st and the 15th. So if you got, you know, say a 10 handicap on the 1st of June or whatever, and you go and you play 15 rounds in five day or 15 days, and you end up shooting you know, well below your score, you're just taking everybody's money for those two weeks because your handicap hasn't adjusted. Well, now it adjusts pretty quickly. So it's easy to compare with these, you know, 18 birdies types rounds that we're doing. So it's kind of nice. Exactly. So let's dive in. There's a few ways to compare your courses. And unfortunately, it's easy and it's not easy. When we got into this, you know, we can talk about First, I would grab your scorecard and take a look. And the numbers are on there if you've never really checked it out. I I will be first to tell you, I mean, I grew up, we've always talked about this. I didn't grow up with an educated game of golf. I grew up in a figure it out type of golf. So, uh, you know, I know I've misunderstood slope. I know I've misunderstood rating. So the first thing we'd talk about would be the most important of the two numbers is really your rating or course rating. And I look at my card and it has it as a 69.4 from the tees I shot from. And I looked up your guys' courses as well. I think, Brian, yours is what, a 69.6? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Now, Trevor, yours is um, in the 70s. Yeah, that round that I recorded was actually at a different course than my home course, and it was 71.2, but the standard is 72.2 that I play. Okay, so the course rating, according to USGA, is essentially, you know, that is the score that a scratch golfer could expect to play. If a scratch handicap, someone that goes out and shoots par, plays 10 rounds on that course, that's the score they could expect to post. So you come to play, Trevor, that course that you normally play, they're going to shoot a 72, a true true 72 right there. They come play my course, they're going to shoot two scores better, so it's an easier course. And Brian, the same so, you know, they're going to play it better. So that's the first one is that course rating. Yeah. And digging into it a little bit deeper, I think how they, they get to that average. So they don't just have, they don't just follow scratch golfers around every course and see how they play and average it out or anything like that. So there's actually a group of people that go out and rate these courses and they base it off of distance from each of the tees, from Correct. the blues, from the whites, from the tips, all that kind of stuff. What kind of obstacles are in the way at each of those locations? Um, and so that's how they determine what a scratch golfer would actually score on that course. Not necessarily that they, <laughs> they go and test a bunch of scratch golfers on that course, right? Good point. And, so there's, yeah, there's five factors, uh, roll, elevation, wind, dog legs and layups, and then altitude. That's the yep. first of the five. Okay. And then there's, they look at obstacles and I think there's 10 categories of obstacles they look at. So, you know, mm-hmm. your trees, your bunkers, your out of bounds, your water, um, the, even like down to the width of the fairway, there's all these factors that come in for the 10. They, and I think, you know, you're right. They could, they literally like walk the course and they have an, and they assess the hole and they give it their factor. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever seen this in action? Actually, have you ever seen <laughs> no. a bunch of guys? No. So I no. actually, so our course got rated and I was, um, out and about, I didn't realize they were rating the course. 
And it is quite the spectacle. I mean, there were like 10 guys and gals in golf carts. They seem to have these green poker visors on with clipboards <laughs> and like tailor measuring tapes, like measuring girths of trees and like literally like bunker <laughs> lips. It was crazy. I didn't know what I walked into, but I knew <laughs> it was serious. I mean, it was it was intense. So the rating system is definitely legit. And if, if all of them hold to those standards, and I am all for it because those guys were taking their job seriously. I, I mean, that's the thing. They I think they're supposed to rate them like every 10 years. Now, mm-hmm. if it's like anything, I'm sure we could all agree. They probably, there's courses that will just submit some sheet. My local muni course is probably just submitting some sheet from 1978 that says they haven't updated anything. The trees stayed the same size. Keep it as it is. You know? and <laughs> <laughs> they just left it there and they're just continuing those ratings. Uh mm-hmm. And there's there was one factor I thought was interesting. There's a psychological factor on there as well. So one of the ten is like the psychological. What are you looking at? Hmm. So vis- visual cues off of the tee, things like that. Like if you have a tree in your way and it looks super narrow, but it actually isn't. That's that would be a psychological impact. So it starts off, yeah. And Brian's exactly. And Brian Trevor, you guys are both 100 percent right. It's uh, they look at where a scratch golfer would typically you know, how far they typically hit a ball, what is going to be in their, you know, shot, and then what's their approach shot going to look like, and they walk that hole and they set it up. So that's their course rating. So anytime, you know, the higher it goes, the harder the course is. So I'm looking at the card, and you guys are laughing, and I can tell you the course I played and I shot an 83, I will tell you right now, one reason why I could shoot an 83 out there is it, it the card itself says 69.4, which is okay. I think it's easier than that because there's no water. There, there isn't a single water hazard on the course. And mm. and so for me, you guys play with me. That's my style. Grip and rip it. Like there is no <laughs> yeah. penalty for cutting a corner on a hole. There is, I miss a par three, no big deal. I'm going to chip it on. There's no splash zone for me. So you're thinking if, if you had to say you put on your green visor, what would you rate that course you actually played? Would you say it's oh, another 60, two shots lower than that? I would say down in the 68. I think it's pretty hard. So mm-hmm. in their equations, and like you said, you're math, almost math minor and almost math minor. <laughs> it's not like a one for one. There's not like one obstacle or two obstacles, but I definitely think it should be dropped to a 68. But here's where it gets interesting. I look at the card and what I need to be doing is going to the next T box back because the next box back yeah. is listed as a 70.9. And mm-hmm. that would be more fair to what you guys are playing. Well, well, let's get into slope because I, I think that the slope actually takes into account your handicap. And what I was yes. doing on slope is that the calculation is based off or the rate. It's another rating that this group of people do on slope, um, but it is the difference between what a scratch golfer would shoot and what a bogey golfer would shoot. So this is where kind of the handicap and the ability of the golfer comes into play is on the slope. So the higher the slope number the bigger the difference between a scratch golfer and a higher handicap or a bogey golfer would be. And so maybe your slope is lower, Jared. So maybe a scratch golfer on the rating would be a 69, but the slope would be um, the difference between a, a, a handicap or a bogey golfer and a scratch golfer is not that big of a difference because it's just, it's got wide open. There's not a lot of hazards. And so it's just a matter of getting it, to the green regulation from the tee that you're playing at, right? Yeah, absolutely right. So my slope on the tee boxes I played is a 121, which is 
is about average, I would say. And I still don't think it's a really a 121. I think that's, again, I think that's from like 1978. They were doing this. <laughs> they haven't updated. Um, gotcha. And I looked, Brian, yours is like a 136 from what you yep. shot. So yep. definitely a lot more in play for a bogey golfer. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that. I mean, it's it's forgiving from the, the tee, but you have to have your approach shots dialed in. The greens are not forgiving. They run pretty fast and, and putting becomes an issue. And, and that's all areas where scratch golfers are better than bogey golfers. And so off the tee, it's not that bad. That's why the rating is probably similar to what you were playing, but then the slope increases because of all those factors. Yeah, and Trevor, you said you were not an expert on slope, right? No, 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 <laughs> definitely not. I uh, and I play that way too, Jared. Just so you know. Um, but yeah, no, the one I played on was uh, one twenty-seven for that round I posted, and that again, that wasn't my course. Uh, the normal tees I play from is usually about one forty, so pretty pretty good difference wow, okay. in slope. Yeah, uh, between the two courses that I I played or played last weekend versus what I'm used to. So those all affect the handicap. So I'm not going to get as good of a handicap bump as maybe, you know, Brian would or you would on that course. And, you know, I'm not going to get the credit for for that score. So if I, I'm still looking to shoot in the 70s, guys, really. And if I go out and shoot a 79 on this course, I'm going to be happy. I'm right there. Uh, there's another way you can look at it, too. So some guys might say, I'm a bogey golfer. What score could I, what's my target score on these courses? And you could do a little reverse math on this for all you math dads out there. You can take the slope, you can divide the slope by 5.381, and that's the USGA equation, okay? Then you add what, back on- What was on that number again? 5.381. 5.381. Do, do the math in your head. Okay. Yeah, not 5.382. Not, not nope. No, that's wrong. 5.381. Yeah, 5.381, okay. and then you're going to add back the course rating, and that's going to be your target score if you're a bogey golfer. So- mm. Okay. For my course, it was a 92. For Brian's, I think it was a 94.6. And hmm. Trevor, yours would be more in like the 96 or 97. I, I mean, Brian, we're going to have to ask Brian because I'm almost a math minor and Brian's actually a math <laughs> minor. So we'll have to have him do that math. We'll have him no. do the math in the show notes. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, that sounds about right, Jared. You got it. You, you got, got it. it. <laughs> we're right on. Double check our work. Yep. You're right. And Brian was saying it's like, it's not really, it, it's such a, it's like, an important number, but at the same time, it's not really important. It, it doesn't really matter. It just gives you an idea, but you can look at the course rating and the course rating will tell you, is the course harder or not? For for uh, another reference, Pebble Beach is a course rating of 75. Mm. So much, much harder, yeah. Yeah, I think it yeah, only I, comes into play when, you, you know, the three of us are playing an 18 birdies kind of app game, right? Where we're trying to see, like, we're trying to make it an even field somehow. And that's mm -hmm. the best way we have to do it. But if all of you, if we all go play Jared's course and we're all playing the same, you know, the same you're gonna field, shoot same, you're going to shoot what we shoot, right? So, yeah, well, gonna, who knows? I don't know. I mean, what it really does is it allows you to play with a scratch golfer and compete against a scratch golfer. So you're not going to do gross. You're going to do net. And your net score is going to be based off your handicap. Your handicap is based off of the slope and rating of the course. So it's, it's all this kind of leveling out system and it's a bunch of math and everything and that's why we we like 18 birdies so much because it does it for us <laughs> we don't right. have to figure out that math on i don't our have own. to worry about it no, yeah but but like we're allowed to to play as different handicaps in different ranges together and compete and we can play these games and it's not just trevor kicking our butt because he's a single digit handicap right so 
I think the key is if you're playing a course and your slope is in the 120s, you're fine. Brag about your score. You're playing a slope where it's like 105. Uh, you may want to find a difficult, <laughs> a more difficult course. You, <laughs> you know, you you may want to, or you know, you play on Trevor's course. You you're on a slope of 140, and you go out and put up a 95. Hey, be happy with that. You shot pretty well on a 140, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, I and doing a little research, I read, I came across this article by Dean Newth back in 1987, and he says this doesn't really work because there are two types of golfers, and he said one is a steady Eddie, and two is a wild Willie. And that was his terms. And it's pretty, he says, the steady eddies do really well on, you know, shorter, higher slope courses. Wild willies do really well on, you know, maybe a longer course where it's, it's a lower slope potentially. So, Brian, you're steady eddy all the way. And I'm wild willy to Thanks a so. T. Hmm. So, so. I think I'm more wild willy at this point. <laughs> right now you're wild willy. Oh, man. I'm, willy, I'm yeah. all over the place. I'm all yeah. over the place. I mean, well, I get lucky if I hit six fairways. So, yeah, I mean, I was at six, Jared. I was at no, I was at four fairways last round. I played in six greens, so I'm right there with you, Wild Willie. So give me a course with a lower slope, less obstacles in my path, and we'll be fine. Less out of bounds, less houses. Yeah. So now let's get really confusing. There is another way you can compare courses, and this is like the great unknown: is the Stimp reading. Okay, so mm-hmm. you guys are both members of private courses. Do you know the stimp on your courses? Uh, it varies. I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 like it depends on the season and everything like that. I, I think at, at peak times when they're trying to really toughen the course up, the, uh, yeah, I, they can get up to like 13, I think. I, I've played on it before. What, what they said, yeah, 13, which is like PGA level, fast. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, I actually had a chance to have a drink with our superintendent. He said ours are rolling at about eleven and a half right now. So, mm-hmm. um, but can get up to you know, like Brian said, thirteen for the member guest if they really want to show up and show out. I'm impressed for a couple reasons. So, first of all, the stimp is the speed of your greens. So mm-hmm. it is the the rolling speed. And I I did a, I dove down the rabbit hole of this one. I'm impressed for a couple reasons. One that you guys know the stimp of your courses, or at least have a ballpark because. Before you go running out and asking your course managers what they are, I can 100%, I will bet you $100 right now, both courses I play frequently have no clue. They have, they have probably <laughs> never measured this stimp ever. If they don't know, they're going to tell you some BS number though, Jared. So I'll, yes. I'll take that $100 bet. They have <laughs> they'll, no they'll, they'll, clue. They have no they'll clue. T- have, they'll tell you. I have never seen it. I have never heard it. I can only guesstimate what I would gather is it probably roll i mean i can't even guess i can't even well, guess we should ask brian if he knows um being a math mi- major and all or math minor um minor, how they calculate minor. stem <laughs> i know it's it's not very fancy it's basically like it's uh, a fast. yardstick that they roll down and it's certain we're looking at the pythagorean theorem here and trigonometry but like how far the ball would roll out based on great yeah math <laughs> and, and this is all brian because i never quite had that well, class to finish my degree but well this this is not i don't think this is a math uh, equation. I think it's just they have a standard ramp that they use, and they actually to test it out, you would just um, use that standard ramp that has the right pitch and everything like that, and the rollout. It's kind of like the the perfect putt rollout. Um, you just roll the ball out, and however far out it goes, that's the stimp. So it's it's either thirteen feet is a thirteen, eleven feet is an eleven, uh, mm-hmm. nine is a nine. So 
um yeah just have her fart rolls out off the ramp <laughs> i think it's that simple you're, trying, you're to, find right. it, trying to find a level spot trying to find a level spot to do that is it's difficult in of itself because okay. how green that could be are, tough yeah yeah no here's what the, okay so you're you guys are so you, this is so great and it's so simple it's like I'm, I'm thinking it's so simple it's stupid right it, it literally is the number of feet it rolls and they'll mm-hmm. do it two directions to get the average so that's mm-hmm. the one thing that you miss they'll so they'll go yeah. one direction to get the distance and then they'll go the other direction and take the averages averages i understand as a math minor i understand averages. perfect yes. so it is at a specific angle and it is 20.5 degrees if you want to build your own all you it's so simple trevor you're right on it is literally just a track that sits at a 20.5 degree angle they've set a standard it's 30 inches so you drop the ball from 30 inches is the length that the ball will travel so this is all math you know, that it's concrete. And then like Brian said, it's just how far it rolls. That's it. That's all you do. Mm-hmm. So go build your own stimp meter. I love that it's called a stimp meter too. That's it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, and take it to every course you go to and just test the stimp. I'm going to build one. <laughs> just be that guy. my own dad version, <laughs> my own DIY stimp meter and stimp roll meter. out of my course. And they're like, what is this guy doing with my Angel uh, Jimenez, whatever, you know, warm ups and shaking my knees and doing all that. You got a collapsible stint meter that parks next to your driver in your bag. You just throw it out there and automatically sets up like a like a, one of those like kid tents that you know when you're on the beach and you just throw it out there and it pops up. That's your stint meter. I'll make one out of tent poles that'll collapse yeah. down and then they're like, look at this guy. I'm going to come on your guys' private courses and do this. And go, oh, you're saying they're rolling out of 12 today, huh? Let me check and be out there. <laughs> so you could check it. So that is literally, so if we were to talk courses, I'm going to tell you my stint, my local course is probably like an eight maybe a nine at most, and mm. you guys are rolling on an 11 or 12. Well, we talked about last week, we talked about pace of putting, right? And I think that the stimp just, I, I don't know, Trev, do you, th- do you think having a higher stimp is easier to put on uh, or like getting the line and the pace? Like it's all a matter of what you're used to, I think. So if you're yeah. used to an eight, it's, it's going to be harder going to a 13. If you're used to a 13, it's going to be harder going to an eight. So yeah, I, I would I say it's probably way. easier to correct one way. So if you're going from, you're used to like, say 12s, going to an eight is harder than I would say going from an eight to a 12, in my opinion, if you're trying to yeah. adjust uh, over a weekend, yeah. um, especially if you play like a, you know, 10 or a 12 pretty regularly. And then you go to like a Jared, Jared's course. I mean, I, I feel like you are leaving putts way shorter all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to adjust on the roll. That's my Home opinion. course advantage. Yeah. So, like you said, uh, PGA Tour events roll around a 12. They might get up to a 13. Beyond a 13 is pretty fast. Um, you might see a 14. I looked it up. The Masters at Augusta, they've actually, they don't allow it to be measured. So, hmm. they've never actually <laughs> measured the speed. So, the pros are complaining about the speed of it. You know, they, there's no official stimp reading on those. Mm-hmm. It leaves a, little, leaves a little mystery for us to talk about. And, yeah, and kind everybody of loves a good mystery, right? Yeah, yeah. So hmm. like my local course, what's the stamp? No one knows. <laughs> it's a mystery. That's good. <laughs> that's why everybody keeps playing it, Jared. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a putting mat in my garage, and it's a 10. You could, custom, you could customize what speed you want. So I took the middle between your guys' course and my own and have a 10. Hmm. You think that's pretty accurate? I have no clue. <laughs> so you got to build your you got to build your stamp meter. Well, <laughs> it's faster. It's faster than my course I play. So yeah, I guess it's pretty accurate. Mm, okay, but I like it. And Tory Pines, I've talked about that a lot. That's an eleven right now. So there are eleven on the stamp. 
So 11, 12, 13, pretty fast. 14, yeah. 15 is really fast, really fast. Yes. Yeah, I'd have to say like if you play a course a number of times, you're going to get used to the greens. And then that's why you go to the, the putting green uh, before round to actually get that sense of how fast they're rolling. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Trevor. Like I, I've had trouble going from, you know, the, the 11 stint down to the eight. Um, I leave everything short. I just can't get it close to the hole. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's frustrating almost <laughs> to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you want to like really talk, like, you know, your knowledge, and this is about the third round of golf you've ever played, just walk in and say, Hey, what's your stimp reading today? And, uh, <laughs> Everyone will just automatically, then you can go out and just slice the heck out of it and look at your club like something's wrong and no one will figure it out. The other people will look at the other pers- the other people in your group because I'll know it's not you if you asked about the stamp reading. <laughs> <laughs> so you're good. Uh, well, this week, as we're wrapping this up, next, Nick, this week we're going to play a little Stableford scoring. Brian's got that set up for us on 18 birdies, so that's yep. going to be fun. We're going to switch it up. I'm going to shoot the same course. I'll switch back from the blue tees this week add a little more rating to it, see how we do, a little more slope. Yeah, so some background on the Stableford. I think we talked about it in our games episode, but um, it's basically points, positive points for scores. Um, Eagles, five points. Birdies, three. Uh, par is two. Bogey's one. And then double or higher is zero. So essentially it doesn't penalize you for a quad, which um, – in my last round I had on the first tee. So, um, they wouldn't penalize me <laughs> to the full extent, um, of a typical like net, uh, gross game. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. And get out, get your scorecards out, analyze your course ratings, see what you've played recently. Take a look, uh, go measure your stint, build your own stint meter and send it to us so I can borrow it. And next week we're going to talk about bunkers and the proper way to rake a bunker. Cause Brian did some research and I guarantee you you're doing it wrong. That's it this week. Thanks for listening and post your scores, get out there and have some fun.